This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 239, this dumb board game idea that Hunter had. Matt's Ultimate and Hunter's Normal Top 10 Board Game List 2022. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Oh, are we going to do this every year? Is that the thing? This is now a yearly enterprise for Matt and Hunter to, to do the board game list. Okay, Let great. me give it another take. Yeah. Another take. Oh, okay, sure. Matt's ultimate and Hunter's normal <laughs> top 10 board games list 2022. Oh, man. Thanks. I hate it. Uh, what are What is this, Hunter? I'm like going straight into it because I really... I don't. This is a Galactic Council episode that Hunter yep. somehow conned me I didn't into. con anybody. Yeah, I didn't you... con anybody. I came up with a great idea. <sighs> they love it. They want it. They requested yeah. it. Mm-hmm. We never do the top 10 lists, mm-hmm. Matt. Yeah. Everybody loves a top 10 list. Yeah, a critical Everybody piece loves of it. content that was missing on the internet was another uh, two dudes on a podcast telling you their favorite board games. So let's do well, that And you know today. what's great is is there some built-in drama mm-hmm. with our version of this? Because yeah. obviously we only talk about one board game, sure. maybe two, yeah. every once in a while. Yeah. But like, that means like, right? Those have to be on the list, right? right. Or unless what? What does unless, that mean? What could if it it's be? not. Yeah. Who knows? Um. So yeah, this was voted. Hey, this was, I didn't do this to you. Galactic Council did this to you. This isn't my fault. I am here against my will. Uh, and we're going to do it anyways. And I've, uh, Hunter and I have expertly well i have expertly crafted if you listen to the intro i have expertly crafted an ultimate list of the best 10 board games of all time hunter has this kind of weird subjective little like standard normie dude yeah yeah of just some board games that he likes so so my list is just like you know like stuff that i like it's Mm -hmm. not meant to be taken as like gospel and i'm not like super informed on board games i actually don't really play a lot of board games Mm -hmm. um so i'm just kind of coming coming to you like super humble super just like you know i this is just like what i like here are like the weird things that i like and if you uh-huh. want to know a little more about me then then maybe you'll find out some stuff about me yeah and, and then i'm your list and then i'm the exact same way but my list is better just somehow it just is somehow better even though i uh have probably i mean i have a shelf over there of I think I counted it once, and it's not quite 50 board games. I don't even think it's actually... You got 50. Well, let's keep in mind, too, I'm counting, like, little tiny boxes, you know, like Hanabi and, and like, little, little, little Those things. are board games. I know, I know. Are those not board I, games? Those, those stack up quickly. There's also, like, I mean, I'm looking at stinking Clue. Clue is up there, you know? Clue, unfortunately, not in my top 10. Probably should have been. It's up there. Clue's a great board game. Let's, you let's like start there. You like Clue, huh? Clue's You're good. Clue? What are you talking You're about? You're a Clue-man. Yeah, I'm a Clue. I'm a you Cluedo. got a Clue. I'm a Cluedo for all you Brits out there. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what that means. Cluedo is just what it's called in England. It's oh, cool. They, they know it as Cluedo. We know it as Clue. I don't know why. Neat, um, neat, neat, neat. That's chill. That's chill. Yeah, that's chill. chill. Oh, tight, tight, tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, how do we do this? We just both present each other with our our uh one at a time list well so the the concept is that it's a top 10 list we're gonna go through it starting at our number 10s we're Uh, gonna go back and uh, forth me and me and then you and and just back and forth 
um, talking about the games. You know, sure. there, there's going to be a lot of overlap. There's oh, going to be a lot of games that we both know about because we've been in each other's lives for when so long. When a game shows up on both of our lists, what do we want to do? Are we going to talk about them twice? Or are we going to say like, oh, I have that game higher up on my list. So let's talk about it when it when we get it on mine. I like the drama. Okay. 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 Whoever's if we have if we both have the same game on our list, Don't the other does that. not reveal it. Okay. Keeps it hidden. Great. Okay. And then uh, we talk about the games as they come up. And obviously, if 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 a game comes up later on someone else's list, then we won't really talk about it that much because we've yeah. already talked about it, right? Right. right. But right. I want I want it to be like they don't know what's coming. You know what yeah. I mean? For sure. So like it really oh, kind of yeah. smacks because our listener right now is on pins and needles to hear what our top ten could be. They want to know because they yeah. don't know who we are as board game yeah. people. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We've had two hundred thirty nine yeah. episodes with this audience. Yeah, and we've never really shown them who we are right. we've always kept it hidden we've right. always kept it secret yeah we're real corporate we, like that you know it's it's about yep. the pr for us and it's about making sure we keep everything tight close to the chest so i don't even think they know what types of games we like no i don't actually. think so either well i, I, I what, what, <laughs> the real talk is they're gonna be sad to see that we don't like anything like twilight imperium <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't know maybe much, i don't know Sorry, am I, am I letting too much away? Here's here's something I would like to do. Oh wait, Hunter. wait, can I? I yeah, I want to say real quick too. Yeah. Uh, we don't know each other's list. Yes, this I is don't know. A surprise. Yeah. And uh, I this is not prepared, Hunter. You haven't thought of this, but like I I knocked a couple things off of mine. I would love to real quickly do some honorable mentions of things that are not uh gonna be in the top ten. But I just want to shout out, but we won't talk at length about. Interesting. That, yeah, yeah. Cool? I got some HMs. You got some I can HMs. do some HMs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of mine is uh the Game of Thrones board game. But you play with the first expan. This is second edition with the first expansion, A Feast for Crows. Which yeah, uh, the you like that board one. board uh, Game of Thrones is a really tight board game where you can do really mean stuff. It's got some like pretty huge imbalances in it that are like not always the most fun to play. And A Feast for Crows like knocks a lot of that stuff out because it becomes a thing about you draw you you essentially draw secret objectives uh yeah. for it instead of just territory straight up standard territory control. There are weighted secret objectives where depending on which faction you are, if you are the Starks in the north and it tells you to, to control some tower in the south, that is worth more points for you than it would be for the people that live in the south. And that's a really right. cool dynamic to that's me that neat. I've always liked. That's neat. Yeah, one thing I like about that game too is that it has a different hand of cards for each yeah. seat based off that specific book that it is referencing, which I think is kind of a cool, neat little thing right. about the Game of Thrones board game is that it kind of it kind of goes through the story. Yeah, it you tells know? the story of the games. The the second edition is really a collection of the first three books because first edition was like the first book and then the second and then the third. And then they re-put it together, and then the expansions for that are the fourth and the fifth book. And then later, the thing neither of us have even played yet is Mother of Dragons, which is like the huge expansion that like apparently really right. shakes the game up. And I I would love to play that. Hunter, what's your eight? What's one of your HMs? Um, I like Skull. Yeah, you ever oh, played I put, Skull? I, I wrote that down too on my on that I took off. Yeah, Skull's fun. Skull Skull a little little like a like a little mini poker game, kind of a little poker yeah. poker game. I can. What's great about Skull is I can tell you about it in like two seconds. So Skull is a game where everybody has a hand of four cards, and on each card is either a skull. You got three. You got three rose cards. Yeah. And then one skull card, and basically all you do is you you slap down a card 
when it's your turn or you bet how many cards you can turn over without seeing a skull. Yeah. So it's just about reading people. Whenever you see a skull, you lose one of your cards at random. So you might lose your skull and then you have no way to hurt people. Yeah. Uh, you only have roses. But and then you really you don't sure want them to know that you don't have any skulls, too. Uh -huh. So you have to change a, the way you a, play. Yeah. It's a bluffing only game. <laughs> Super fun. I've heard it's a, I think it's like a biker gang. Game? <laughs> gang? Whoa. Uh, it's a biker game. Oh, sure. Because like it fits in like a backpack real easy. Yeah, sure. You, you, yeah. You, you're biking, you stop at the brewery, and you play a quick round of skull. I love it. No, That's no, no. Cool. I mean like motorcycles. Like, what? Brum, 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 brum. I don't get like that. Bikers. Like bikers. Like bikers played skull. It was like a folk game that bikers played, oh, and then it became you're like, talking a, about the like a commercial of product. It, the like, yeah. That's uh -huh. interesting. Like where it came from culturally, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Um, what else did I have in my honorable mentions? Uh, Spyfall. I'm not going to talk about what Spyfall is, but that's a fun little goofy one I've got in there. I, that might be in Hunter's list. I don't know. I, I forget how much Hunter likes Spyfall. Um, I had one other one, but now I can't remember what I had written. I got down. one. Okay. I, I got a big HM. A little game called Axis and Allies. Yeah. That is yeah. not in my list. Right. But it was an important game for me and Matt. We've talked about it multiple times uh, on this show. We've even talked about it on other shows. Like whenever we, whenever we get interviewed a yeah. lot of the time, you know, all those time, all those oh, interviews many, we've had, <laughs> all those, everyone's our email. You should see it. Everybody's trying to get us. Um, but whenever we do interviews, we tend to talk about how we started kind of with Axis and Allies, a cumbersome game yeah. to be sure, yep. very cumbersome. Yep. Um, but that kind of primed us for more cumbersome stuff in the future, which is why we love Twilight Imperium is because it's just cumbersome enough. Yeah, just the right level of cumbersome. Um, okay, I feel good. I feel good that we threw some honorable mentions out there, some things some things to, to not talk about. Are you ready, Hunter? I'm, I'm dying to yeah. know what your number 10 is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll start. So my number 10 is a little game called City of Horror. Oh, God, no. So this is an old game, and, and a lot of people don't love this game anymore because of uh, Dead of Winter and, uh -huh. uh, I don't know, like other zombie games that have come out since then. But I like City of Horror. Yeah. Um, the, the theme of it is you are in a city, and it has been attacked by zombies, and you play as a ragtag team of people that are trying to move across town and avoid... The, the zombies. Yep. But for some reason, and I'm, it's not really clear why, <laughs> there is this, this mechanic in the game where if there are so many people in uh -huh. a space and the zombies show up, then the zombies have to eat one of them. <laughs> and the way that's decided is you all vote yeah. on who gets eaten, mm -hmm. which is weird. Not really sure why. Like, it's like, it's like, in order to keep the zombies from just breaking into wherever you're you all hiding. You gotta trip your friend before you all run out of the room. Someone's gotta go down. Yeah, they just decide to push one out and have the <laughs> zombies eat that person, which is hilarious. Yeah, no. And the game barely even references what is actually happening. Uh-huh. Um, and mechanically, I really like the way you do it. You just, like, count to three and then everybody points. Oh, my God. And it is just, like... It is. Man, it's a mean game, but it's I the love it. Meanest game I have ever played, and I actively hate it. Like I yeah, really Matt Hunter used it. to make us play it a few times, and we've eventually had one session where I just was so miserable. Because literally the only actions you end up taking in the game are mean things. It's not even the thing where it's like, well, I'm gonna set this up because it kind of just works yeah. for me. It's yeah. you you rarely do anything for yourself. 
life in that game. Uh -huh. Every action you take specifically hurts one other person, and you must yep. choose who to hurt at all times. And it's just, it is not a recipe for a good night if... Uh, if I don't know, I guess if you're competitive, like if you have even a little bit of a competitive spirit and you're going to get like butt hurt about bad things happening to you, do not play this game. Oh, my goodness. It is nothing but mean things. If you have evil in your heart, you should check out <laughs> City of Horror. Um, if you like Dead of Winter, but you feel like it's like too complicated and takes too long to play, you should check out City of Horror. Sure, like because sure. it's a it's a faster game with less moving parts. Uh, I was really excited about Dead of Winter and then it felt like it felt like Dead of Winter has like too many things going on where I'm like, wow, what about the part where we're just like mean to each other? Yeah, That's what yeah. I want. You I just want, want to that. be mean in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I want to be selfish in the zombie mm -hmm. apocalypse and City of Horror allows me to do that. You know, I'll say this much. It's good to know that about you up front, Hunter, that if if ever trapped somewhere with you in a zombie apocalypse, I know you're I know the content of your character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you'll do. <laughs> I'm going to survive. You know, I'm going to survive and I'm going to manipulate the situation socially to make sure that you're the one that gets pushed out into the zombie horde you know what i mean that's what oh, i'm that's man. what i'm about no that's just jk's jk's <sighs> i would just be a zombie in the zombie yeah. apocalypse you know that's okay. what i would be you ready for mine i'm ready my number, number 10, 10 is twilight imperium fourth edition <laughs> whoa it's your number 10 <laughs> Wow, you started with yeah, it. I decided this, That's is my, crazy. this is my fun little bit. I just don't want to talk. I don't care to talk about it later. I don't know if it's on. I, my guess was that Hunter wasn't even going to put it on his list, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe who knows? It's up there. But uh, yeah, it's Twilight Imperium 4th Edition. Or really, I just put Twilight Imperium. I kind of mean the whole arc of Twilight Imperium. Why not? Um, I don't need to talk about it. We, if it comes up on Hunter's list, we can talk about it a little bit more then. But hey, uh, I've talked enough about Twilight Imperium in the yeah. last 238 episodes. So well, you know how I feel about it. I love it. Can we but, at uh, least explore why it's number 10 on the list? Because like, it's not always 10? fun. <laughs> it's not always fun. Almost every other game on my list is basically always fun. Yeah. 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 That's, 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 that's the only criteria. That's the only thing that matters is so, just that so TI, game... TI is work now, you know? Yeah. But every game after this on the list is you're saying is more fun than Twilight Imperium. Uh, yeah. Now it's it doesn't always hit as high highs. Ti's got high highs, low lows, right? That's the thing about Ti, is when it hits big, it's the best game of all time. But when yeah. it's when it's not a good game and you're locked in it for eight hours with people that you're not having fun with, it's a pretty bad experience. It's pretty bad. It's a pretty not great way to do a thing to spend an afternoon. I think what happens and like. Listener, if you're if you're feeling weird about this placement or if you're thinking like, hey, it's Whoa, mostly did... a joke. So that's no, <laughs> it's, that. it's not. It's an ultimate list. <laughs> right. OK, right, right. It's completely ultimate. If you feel weird about this, I just want you to know that after 239 episodes of talking about mostly one board game, it kind of has become something else. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a board game on the shelf. Yeah. However, I do have a very exciting announcement about oh, okay. twilight imperium this is huge okay and a big um and i just want to actually you know what real quick shout out to a listener big fan of the show um this guy what's his name dane mm -hmm. bell tramey no dale tramey dale dale baloney is what you're dale baloney yeah dale Bologna. so dale baloney i recently requested a copy uh -huh. of twilight imperium fourth oh edition God, and serious? prophecy of kings <laughs> And this guy, what was it, Dale? Dale. D Dale Baloney mm -hmm. actually sent it to me. So thank you, Dale. Wow. Um, so now I have un you, an unopened copy. You own a copy of T.I. Do you have Prophecy of Kings? 
I have this is what I got. I got Prophecy of Kings. I got base game. Wow. Uh, I got codexes, but for a long time I only had the codexes and did not have the game. That Dale, Dale did not send me the codexes. Oh, I think I gave you the codexes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't. Have... I didn't do either. A, a wonderful listener uh, sent us printed codices. Uh, yeah. I need to get the and third let me just one, say though. this: I'm excited about checking one. this game out. I think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I have it. It's on a shelf in my house. I now have one. Nice. Okay, um, I think we should alternate order. So I guess I'll, I'll do a back-to-back because now it's oh, number yeah. nine. And uh, my number nine is a little game I call Subjective Guess Who. Uh, so the board game that Wait, you can what? purchase, the board game that you can purchase is a game called Guess Who. It's a game for children and babies, and it's got a, a row of uh, something like, let's see, it's, uh, it's sitting right there. I'm looking at it. Uh, 24 faces on it of just different yeah. looking people. And yeah. if you're a if you're a small child, you you're supposed to be like, does your person have blue hair? And the other person says, uh, yeah, my person has blue hair. And then you set you on your board, you take down every. It's a process of elimination game. Yeah, yeah, you're like, trying to guess who. Yeah, you're trying to guess who. Uh, subjective guess who is where instead of saying, does your person have blue hair, you instead say, does your person own a cat does your does your person probably have a cat is that kind of like the, the their vibe is that they have like probably maybe like five cats and then the other person yeah. is like hmm yeah yeah they've got five cats that's definitely <laughs> their thing and so then you're like okay well there goes joe and there goes carly and okay those that those they don't have cats but you know what that jessica she's got some cats i'll tell you and and you try so to you can super easily mess it up by just yeah. interpreting it yeah it, oh, I love it, it relies on the two of you being on the same page of what that person's whole vibe is and asking wow. the right questions it's a really wonderful experience and i recommend yeah. it to everyone wow so that's not even a game i mean you can buy <laughs> guess who but this you just recommended a variant uh-huh. a variant of guess who yeah. is your ninth favorite game yeah. of all time it rules man <laughs> <laughs> okay uh do we want to do my yeah, yeah I, just, I got yeah. nothing else to say go for it it's your all turn. right all right this is what a weird <laughs> what a weird thing y'all had us do. Okay. <clears throat> Number nine. Mm-hmm. I put diplomacy. Whoa. Because, because I wanted to have an old school game mm-hmm. that has a lot of cred with the we, with the olds, you know, mm-hmm. the all the olds that listen. Sure. I wanted to let them know that I played a lot of diplomacy in high school with a weird group of uh, debaters. They oh, were God. they were kids on the debate team that invited me to play diplomacy and we started playing for, I don't know, we played for a number of weeks and I loved it. It's also very mean. Maybe yeah. all the games I like are mean. Yeah, because maybe diplomacy you're mean. Is, yeah, maybe I'm just mean. Um, I like games where people can be mean, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and diplomacy is definitely a game where you can be mean. I've always loved how you write down what you're gonna do. Uh-huh. And then you could talk about it as much as you want. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like this, ta-da! And then I'm like, here's what I actually did. Um, and I love that. Uh, I think it's a, obviously it's a really classic game. Um, and I, yeah, I just want, I felt like, you know, I'm very, with a list, I don't really just go with my gut. The list is like kind of a lie, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of craft the list to kind of suggest certain things. And I wanted there to be one spot that was like classic old school game. Uh- and of course, if I'm going to pick a classic old school game, it's going to be Diplomacy. Yeah. Now, some people might hear this and be like, oh, heck, I want to play Diplomacy with Hunter. I don't want to play. Yeah. Just so you know. 
I don't want to play I don't anymore. Play that game, yeah. I've played. I've played it enough. I played it when I was a teenager. Yeah. And now I don't want to play it again because right. I know I will get very upset. Yeah, yeah. I the thing I love about diplomacy. I've only played it once ever. Um, but I'm I'm amazed that it is as popular and as big of a deal as it is. And yet that yeah. mechanic I see so rarely in other very popular games. Like the yeah. idea of this, like, nope, get out a pen of paper, a pen right. and a pad of paper. And like, I don't know it, there's this like non mechanical aspect to it that is so perfect. And I think that's like why we gravitate towards Twilight Imperium too, is like, Hey, there's like bits and cardboard and stuff, but like we can kind of trade those and negotiate them however we yep. want. And the yep. fact that we have defined a binding and non-binding deal implies the existence of a lie. Uh, right. And so, and diplomacy has that exact same thing, like talk and then write down what you'll actually do, which is a huge suggestion to lie. Uh, yeah, so, totally. Uh, totally. Yeah, I love and that. To be honest, the only thing I really like about the Game of Thrones board game is yeah. just that uh, simultaneous turn mm -hmm. secret planning thing I think is really good. And I think they found a really good way to kind of approximate that into a different board game with the tokens that you flip yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Um, but I just don't like that game as much. I don't know. Right. I don't know why. Well, it's, it's never it's, hit me as well. Well, because it's, I think less balanced i don't know how to i don't know the meta of diplomacy i don't know how balanced diplomacy is these days but yeah uh, one would su assume since it's lasted something like 60 years or more i have no idea when diplomacy was made but uh yeah i think it stood the test of time for its balance and game of thrones has some like questionable stuff in totally it. so uh okay totally uh, i believe it's your turn for yeah number my turn. eight all right number eight fury of Dracula. Yep. Another one. Man, this your, game, the bottom of your list is stuff I don't like. <laughs> That's the theme. Yeah. So Fury of Dracula is uh, essentially, this is, here's how I would describe it. It's uh, Eldritch Horror uh, or, or Arkham Horror, uh, if you played those more, maybe slightly more popular board games, um, except for someone plays as the monster mm -hmm. and the monster is always Dracula. Yeah. Uh, it has hidden movement mechanics. It has weird almost rpg like card based combat, combat yeah. that kind of sucks <laughs> the game i'm gonna be real with you this game kind of sucks <laughs> but i love it because i like a stupid game uh -huh. that feels complicated in a dumb way but the more you play it the more you're like these numbers are bad yeah <laughs> these are not good numbers and they did not really figure out how to make this game work that well uh -huh. but it just like it's so thematic i love hiding as dracula mm -hmm. and moving across the countryside and everyone's trying to hunt me down yeah um and then like the one thing that i i kind of dislike about it is because i'm the one that knows the game i always feel like i have to play as dracula uh -huh. um which is kind of a bummer uh, cause I just, I need, you know what I need? I would like a group of idiots to play this game with. So I'm putting this on the list more as a call out to if you live in New York city yeah. and you like fury of Dracula, please play with me. Cause I always have to play with new people and that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the problem I have with, uh, this one is that once it's a hidden movement thing and then the second it's not a hidden movement thing, the second you find Dracula, yeah. The game really falls apart very quickly. Uh, there's uh -huh. al there's also some like crate. I guess apparently some huge ways you can just break it. Like I guess there are strategies in it where it's just like no, you just do exactly this and crush you it have every to, single time. You have to want the game to be fun yeah. in order for it to be fun. Yes. And I don't mind that as yeah, a yeah, fatal yeah. flaw in a game. That's and a I can understand people it. being like, you know what? If you play this game right, it's not fun at all. And I'm like, well, 
let me say this why are you playing it right <laughs> like just stop playing it right uh-huh. play it wrong right. and it will be fun it's actually okay to do suboptimal strategies everyone i mean just this is all very funny because my number eight yeah is letters from whitechapel which Whoa! yeah isn't that a crazy little thing so letters from whitechapel is an earlier hidden movement game i would say a more raw hidden movement game whereas fury is like we're going to add stuff on top of that formula and mix it up. Letters from Whitechapel is almost exclusively hidden movement and nothing else is like going on in the game. Uh, it I, is a I, game I, where... I gotta, I gotta push back on something. There's a couple little powers. Theory of Dracula is older than Letters from Whitechapel. Well, because you're... Cause yeah, because the one we thought... Old game. Right, yeah. You, you have like, what, like third edition or something? Maybe that's Fourth true. edition. Well, but here's Fourth the thing edition. is, I guess the way I think of it as older is Letters from Whitechapel is very much pulled directly from uh stock what's it called stock uh what is that british prison scotland oh. yard there's a scotland there's a yard hi- there's a hidden movement game called scotland yard that letters from whitechapel is kind yeah, of the yeah. successor to and that is yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i think among the oldest of that style of game i don't know i'm speaking out of my butt right now i'm not a board game person i don't even care to check it matt i don't even care to check it look at us two white guys just saying things that we don't have any authority to talk about hi welcome to our dumb show welcome to podcast yeah uh so uh letters from white chapel one person plays as jack the ripper uh which is not a hey shout out to my book club we're reading from hell right now by alan moore uh speaking of yeah yeah having having not fun but enjoying the read of that have you ever heard that real quick side note have you ever heard that alan moore thing about the artist for from hell no so uh, if you've ever seen a uh i love looking at comic book strips and alan moore will write like okay so like the first panel alan moore will write like write this like very long description of things that happen Mm -hmm. and for the first panel of from hell he wrote two men are walking along a beach Mm -hmm. and then like pages of description (laughs) of of them and the uh the artist just highlighted that first sentence and just ignored the rest (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's really good uh so yeah the the letters from white chapel one person is jack the ripper the other person is the police trying to find jack the ripper the thing about letters from white chapel is you can play it with more than two people but you aren't it's really one person versus a team of another set of people if you want to i think it leans especially into that like hey listen we want to do kind of a cooperative game but with like an extra little fun dynamic and uh yeah it's just a great we played it on stream one time i think it's awesome i love playing as the police because i like deductive reasoning and it's the perfect game for hunter and i because hunter likes to be goofy little sneaky jack the ripper and try to get away and it's it's uh one of my favorite games that hunter and i have like the perfect personalities to sit across from the table and enjoy that game together yeah because i like i like playing for my gut yeah matt likes thinking of all the possibilities and sometimes it's it's really just a game of like kind of playing with for me anyways as far as the strategy in letters from whitechapel Mm -hmm. i feel like i either try to do something stupid on purpose yeah that matt will be like he could have done this but that would be dumb and so maybe not that or i try and do the smartest thing possible and and have matt think well maybe hunter did the stupid thing this time and that's basically the the game is really just a coin flip right every single time in in a million little moments of did I do the smart thing or the dumb thing? And Matt figuring out which one it was, right. basically. Yeah, I uh, I love that it's... <laughs> there's this aspect to it where 
you can kind of like optimize the game but because if you're playing it with the same person over and over again you get to get into that kind of stuff my favorite thing to do with letters from Whitechapel is on purpose talk a lot out loud as the police like talk through what i'm thinking because then yeah, jack yeah. gets the opportunity to make it more challenging if we we're just right. both sitting here perfectly trying to play against each other then we would never talk the whole time we would do secret things and yeah. one of us would win whoop dee dee but it's fun to walk through all of my this is why i think it's a perfect like three player game because then two people have to bounce ideas off of each other out loud and Jack gets to hear all of those things and right. make their moves based on that. So that's that's what I definitely love about it. Yeah, it's a cool game. It's probably the coolest game we've talked about thus far, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it's not Subjective on my list. Subjective Guess Who is pretty cool. I don't know. Subjective right. Guess Who is really cool. That's yeah. like a great game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Subjective Guess Who, my number seven <laughs> is... I couldn't think of exactly what to call this, but I'm calling it, in quotes, real Monopoly. Uh, okay, here's the, here's the pitch. Here's the pitch. <laughs> Monopoly is actually a good game. Everyone just plays it wrong. First off, that's already true. Everybody plays Monopoly wrong, and they don't play with, like, the correct rules. There's so many little things that people do to Monopoly that make it a worse game. Um, But also, Monopoly was designed as a statement. It is like a work of art. It is about this, this real estate market is bad, and Monopolies are bad, and you're a bad person to do these things. Uh, So real Monopoly, to me is you lean into the role play of it and everybody gets really finance bro-y and you start making like this is hunter i was asking you about the 2008 financial crisis before we started recording and this is why i think you should do things like try to set up really convoluted dark deals with each other like okay i will sell you baltic avenue but i get a 10 percent share of everything that happens when someone lands on this and you start like you start adding gambling in it to like hey anytime someone lands on free parking uh i want like a cut of this or whatever like you start doing above the table trading of money based on way too many complicated factors where you're all trying to keep notes of so that by the end of the game every time someone rolls the dice like 15 things need to happen (laughs) before you get to move through the rest of the turn because it's like well you landed on that and that means so and so gets ten dollars and you get 15 and then you were there wait i gotta stop you have you played this that you're describing? Or are so, you just suggesting so an idea thing. for a game? No, but I've <laughs> thought about this for probably like 10 years. I have wanted to play this and have tried so, to wait, implement wait, aspects so... of it into games of Monopoly. I have played. I have always tried to incorporate complicated deals. And what I yearn for is a game where four or more people sit down and all agree to the same standards of we are going to make this as complicated as we possibly can. So thus far with you, we've talked about a guess who variant <laughs> that nobody knew about except for you. And then a variant of Monopoly that you've never played, played but always wanted to that only exists in your head. And you don't even really know what you're saying. You're just like, here, you could do this. Maybe there'd be like deal making in it. I don't know how it would this work. Is, this is what you get for building up. This is an ultimate list by Matt for two months. I'm holding a knife. Yeah. I'm holding a knife at Hunter right now as I say this. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I teed you up, and it's yep. good that you're that you're hitting a home run. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know. All right. Yeah. I want to hear uh, your this number. Is exactly seven. what I wanted. You're just playing right into my hands. <laughs> uh, you want my number seven? Uh-huh. <laughs> my number seven is uh, Carcassonne. How do okay. you say it? It's Carcassonne. Carcass- we had Carcassonne. a friend in high school who acted really bold about the idea that they knew how to properly pronounce this, and they said, it's Carcassonne. And then later we realized that's absolutely not true, and nobody says Carcassonne. 
So uh, that uh, tripped us up for a number of years. It's Carcassonne. It's fine. Yeah, Carcassonne. <laughs> uh, it's good. Uh, it's uh, maybe a hard game to talk about at this point uh, because it's, uh, I don't know, it sounds really boring. Yeah. It sounds like the most boring game ever. You literally just place tiles. Yeah. And then sometimes you place workers on those tiles. And that's it. But it's mm-hmm. really pretty and cute. And chill. Um, and, vi- oh, it's a good game to chill with. But th- I will say it's one weakness that a lot of games like this uh, have this weakness of uh, you don't really know how well you're doing mm-hmm. until the end of the game when you count up all your points. You just kind of generally feel like, I think I'm doing good. Yeah. I don't know. I, maybe it'll be good. And then right. the game ends and you do a bunch of point counting and you find out so-and-so won. But if you're chill with that type of game, which I, for the most part, am, especially if the game feels as chill as Carcassonne does, then you can just have a great time with it. And the art yeah. is so pretty. I mean, this is a game. You don't need me to to be recommending this game because this is like, I a would say, one of those popular. This game. is like Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride, like those games that uh, have ki- kind of kickstarted the new board game renaissance yeah. that we are still living in, surprisingly. Isn't that yeah. crazy? This yeah. is like gone a long time, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of those, I would say, new kind of foundational games. But if for some reason you missed it, like you've never played it, I just recommend it because it's a good time. Yeah. You, uh, It's also one of those games that has had like a bajillion expansions at this point. Yeah. And you can easily overload the game and you can find online lots of people who say like, play with this, this, and this add-on and you'll have a great game or whatever. But really, yeah. it's very easy to like have that game wear out its welcome if you decided to get like way too into it. But that's not the kind of game it is. It's sort of like a, if you're having a game night, this is like, let's warm everybody up. Let's play a, a quick yeah. session of, of Carcassonne. And then when we're done with that, we'll play like the meatier thing. This is that's that's the kind of game that Carcassonne is. And it's it's great. For totally. Them. Yeah. And also, I, I love that there's a bunch of expansions for it, because then if you want a little more out of it, you just kind of start adding new stuff in. But it's yeah. also fun. Just the base game is great. It's right. all good. Right. OK, love it. Uh, Hunter, it's time for your number six. Number six is monster of the week which is a role-playing game not a board game we went left field yeah all right i'm here for it okay so pitch me yeah so this role-playing game was popularized because there was a season of the adventure zone that was set within this uh Uh, if you don't know the adventure zone it's like the most popular D&D no podcast besides critical role besides critical role yeah okay it's popular um they did a season of it playing this game and i gotta say I didn't really like that season that much, yeah. and I don't even really listen to the show anymore, but it was how I found out about this game, and I I just think this game is perfect for exactly me yeah. to play. Um, I have only done, sadly, one campaign with it. I think about it all the time. If you don't know what it is, it's a, it's a role-playing game using the Powered by the Apocalypse system, which is a, a role-playing system where you only use two D6s. Uh, which I like. I just I think it's better to keep the numbers small yeah. and m- have them feel big. I like small integers that feel like they are really uh, like when anything happens, it's like wow, it's just crazy yeah. that that happened at all. Right. Um. I I don't like it. A d twenty is too complicated to me. I don't have a good grasp on probabilities. If I have twenty options, you know what I mean for outcomes. Or it's not that that. That isn't how a d twenty works. But um, <laughs> I just find two d sixes to be a lot more graspable. Um, the theme of the game is based on like monster of the week type television shows mostly and some movies. So things like the X-Files, Buffy, the vampire slayer, uh, I don't know everything else like that. Yeah. Uh, and the way that the character creation works is really sweet. I think all of the, like the way the book is written is really smart 
And I don't know. I just want to play this game. I yeah. wish I could play it more. I wish I, I had people play, to you, play you this You've described with. a few campaigns you want to do, and I've always wanted to let you GM us Ooh. play in it. So, yeah, there's some let fun me stuff pitch, in there. Let me pitch you my... So, I have a big Monster of the Week campaign. So, I want to do um, a, a campaign where the players are... Actually, I don't really care what the players are. The characters can be anything. Mm -hmm. But the monsters that they fight have a specific theme which is that they're all ghosts, all of them, and they are the ghosts of every dead U.S. president <laughs> that have come back to haunt the United States, and you have to fight them all, and each campaign, it's like, which president is it this time? Yeah. And you, so they're like the Ghostbusters, but they only, they only clean up dead presidents well and, and then and, i you know and you learn all this presidential history sure. from it like well, and, yeah and over the course of 50 different things you have to come up like they're not all just ghosts it's like well this ghost is also like a monster but it's taft yes. so it's huge and it's stuck yeah. in the bathtub it's a bathtub monster <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you 100 percent get it yeah. i think that was like one of my first thoughts was yeah. like we should do taft and he's like a bathtub monster <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly gonna be uh, that stuff. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. I just need a group to play it with. Yeah. So. Well, you're in New York now. Maybe you'll maybe you'll find that soon. Yeah. Play Monster of the Week with me, listeners. Yeah. Please yeah. come yeah. over yeah. to my place and play. Yeah. Uh, my number six is another boring. Uh, won't talk about it super long, but it's Root. Hey, Root by Leader Games. Uh, they Whoa. sponsor the show, and I do genuinely love this game, and I love everything about it. And the Marauders expansion is coming soon, and it's great. And I love the community around it. I love my board, my cardboard liege, the Lord of the Board. I love oh my god, Garrick. I love Lily G. I love Leader Games. I love Woodland War Machine. I love y'all, and it's a great game. And that's all I have to say about it is keep playing Root because uh, I yeah. still love it. Root Rules, uh, and it's a great game. If you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. Uh, we'll probably be talking about it again yeah. soon as the new expansion comes out. That will happen, yeah. and we will talk about it. So yes. there will be Root Talk on the show again. I know you don't really need it because of Woodland I'm actually War Machine, very and I don't care. Yeah, I'm excited to return to Root because here's, the, here's what happened. We did all of our Root episodes, and then we kind of like stopped for a while. We did our Root tournament. And since then, the Root scene has gotten so much more cooler stuff than what we ever did, right? There's a yeah. whole podcast dedicated to it. Uh, there's uh, Garrick's tournaments that are uh, cooler, like longer and cooler than ours and what we have time to do. And what I'm excited for when we return to Root is to get also a little bit into at least the way I interact with Root, which is really liking a lot of the casual stuff too. And Marauders is going to add, I think, a lot of stuff for the casual participant. There's some better 1v1 rules. The hirelings are going to add all kinds yeah. of stuff where I think yeah. the hardcore people are going to duck away from the hirelings maybe a little. This is just my prediction without having actually played with hirelings or seen it. But I think hardcore players are going to somewhat maybe avoid hirelings a little bit. And I like the idea of when we return to Root, we sort of become a bit more of a voice for that casual audience and talk about the goofy, fun stuff you can do in Root. Because that's that's where I get the most into it, honestly. Is I like the I like the strategy of it, but I really like playing co-op and, and the little offshoot things of Root. Yeah, you know what? The, the whole point of this list is to let you know that the way that... The, the hardcore way we've gone about Twilight Imperium... I wouldn't do that with any of these games yeah. on my list. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not. Like that's that's not something I'm I'm looking to do. To me, Twilight Imperium is like a separate thing. It's not even a board game. It's yeah. a lifestyle. Right. It's a it's an esport. 
<laughs> Twilight Imperium is an eSport, It's an eSport now. And everything yeah. else is fun board games we like to play with our friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I like... It would be like if I was, uh, I don't know, like uh, like not a StarCraft pro, yeah. <laughs> but like a StarCraft pretend to be a pro, but not sure. actually a pro. Man. And and then other video games. You know what I mean? I'd be like, there's... there's Shout out to our Discord. Somebody posted, I'm pulling it up right now as I talk about it. Uh, mm -hmm. so, someone posted a video recently. Comrade Sergeant Derp posted, Giant Grant Games, the next major RTS will fail. This is why. Kind of a clickbaity YouTube title, but it was a great dissection of what has happened to RTS games and why none of them are successful anymore. Uh, right. Which is just the idea of they lean way too hard into, like... RTS has got way too esportsy, and right. they stopped having crazy, stupid custom games and fun stuff. And and like the market for RTSs is actually like eighty percent casuals that can't ladder. That's me right. for sure. I can't right. play StarCraft right. two on ladder. I hate it. I hate it so much. But I love the campaign and I love goofy custom games. And yeah, that's so. Anyways, that was a huge tangent, but I just thought of it. And, right, and that's a great video. We need a casual RTS. That's yeah. that's what I mean. If that's if that's what the video is about, then I think I totally agree. We need yeah. a casual RTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, back on track. I think it's my turn for number five. Yeah, I think you're supposed to do number okay. five now. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got one more weird one, and I, I promise it's the last weird one. Uh, my number five is a game that Hunter and I know as from the title, and, and we've used this title before in an episode of the show because we think it's such a funny joke, but the title of this game is The Inside of Your Best Friend. Wow. Uh, and the more common parlance title is Fishbowl. Most people know this as Fishbowl. It's a, yeah, it's right. just a dumb party game that you can play with. Matt, are there any board games on your no, list? No, absolutely we maybe get not. some board games on your list? <laughs> you just don't have any board games yeah. on the list. No, uh, Fishbowl is a game that you can play with your grandma and you can play with your dumb idiot friends. And it, uh, it the game is designed to accommodate the audience that you are playing it with, and it is perfect in that way. Here's the, here's the basic structure of Fishbowl if you want to have fun at your next uh, holiday party with people. is Everybody takes three pieces of paper and writes something on them. Now, the way to get it to like a super hyper-casual group where it's like, we don't even know each other that well, tell everyone to write down a person, a place, and a thing on those slips of paper. One slip of paper is a person, one slip of paper is a place, one slip of paper is a thing. You fold them all in half, you throw them in a fishbowl, you shuffle them all up, uh, then you, uh, one at a time for like, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever you wanna do, you're gonna play a bunch of other classic games. The first one is catchphrase. You pull out the piece of paper, you look at it, it's got some words written on it, you have to get everyone to guess that clue without saying any of the words that are on that slip of paper. It says Superman, uh, it's Clark Kent, he's got glasses. Oh, Superman, okay, yes, you did it, great. Uh, you do that, you, you rack up as many points, you play in two big teams. Once you go through everything in the fishbowl, you fold everything in half, put it back in the fishbowl, reshuffle it up. Second round continues with wherever you left off with your party, whoever was next. They now have to play charades with the exact same list of things. So everyone has some knowledge of what is in the bowl. They, they go, oh yeah, 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 so-and-so wrote this down, it's, it's this. Uh, so when you're acting it out, you're not like pulling from nothing. You do a whole round of that, you fold them all in half, you put them back in the bowl, you shuffle them up, and the third and final round is the person pulls it out and they get to say one singular word that is not any of the words written on the piece of paper to get you to guess it. So Superman, you go, hero, and then everyone has to remember the things that they've now seen twice and guess it. 
Now, it's very basic in that way. When you play inside of your best friend with Hunter and our group, our clues become things like dumpster best friend or the the or like these awful mean spirited clues that are incredibly hard to get other people to guess and especially right. act out and especially get to guess in a single word it becomes this like minefield of trying to make the most impossible to guess clues and uh it's a it's a riot it's so fun i have so much fun every time i play this with any group of people yeah uh it's really funny it's uh it's very awkward sometimes to play with people that are not ready for it. Yeah. I will say that. Um, it's very... Well, you got to know your group. Like, don't go hard if you're with, like, a stranger, right? Don't don't right. pull out your... Bi this is a fun game to do, like, a few rounds of, and you do the first round really basic, and you see where yeah. they go. And then the second round, you throw in, like, a really weird clue. And then by the third round, it's like, all right, let's get stupid. If, if, the, cr if the crew has chosen the path of absurdity, you may go down that route. I think it's so wild, Matt, that mm -hmm. I titled the episode Matt's Ultimate and yeah. Hunter's Normal Board Game List. And even reading that, you were like, yeah, I'm going to be extra about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you, I, I, the way to defy me in this, Matt, would have been to just give me a normal list of 10 No, board I want to have fun. And these are things I genuinely <laughs> want to recommend to people. I want people to play Subjective Guess Who. I want people to play Fishbowl. These are fun subjective games that guess more who people... Subjective Guess Who is great. And, yeah. and people should play Fishbowl, and you should be uh, really weird about your choices. Yeah. Uh, one time, I had a good one for yeah. Inside Your Best Friend that I want to share real quick. It was, and this, again, this is... I realize that a lot of people are going to hear this and be like, that's such a mean clue and very <laughs> difficult. But the clue was a game just like this game that we're playing, except this piece of paper, because it was written on a piece of paper, says something different. <laughs> I was really proud of that one. Essentially, the clue was this game in an alternate universe yeah. and, it, and the paper the says something. I don't know. I don't even know what the clue is of the other dimension. Yeah. You know? what, what's funny is when you play this game with uh, normal people, you know, you, you, you can average oh, like God, something yeah. like seven yeah. points around, right? It, within each person doing a thing, it's like Superman. Yes. Okay. Scooby-Doo. Yes. Okay. The Louvre. Yes. Okay. Got it. And you get like seven clues racked up in your yeah. 30 seconds. When yeah. we play with our friends, you're lucky if you get one right. If you, you get idiot. one out. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you get one out, that's like kind of a big deal. And yeah, the game can take a long time with <laughs> with clues that are this mean and this difficult and you got to have some wiggle room with well it. here's, you know here's I mean? the thing too is what's important when you make it that hard is what you're playing into and you can change this rule as some people play where if it is your clue and you know it's your clue you can't guess but i encourage you not to play that way because then you unlock the potential because then hey it's just a if you if someone on your team draws your clue you get the bonus point of being able to yep. say the thing and everyone goes what did you just say like that leans <laughs> into the gimmick so hard and you get to yeah. you know it's it's so much more fun yeah that's true and that that's your kind of safety for writing the most difficult clue you can possibly come up with right because you know eventually somebody is gonna like they're somebody gonna you're team. gonna be able to tell everybody what it is basically right. yeah right okay uh, i think it's your number five yeah yeah, it's my turn for number five. Uh, number five. I'm. Uh, this is. I'm doing root. We've done root. Oh, okay. We've Great. already talked about root. Yeah. But I also have root on my list, and I put it at number five. Uh, what a great game. Uh, I don't know. We don't need to rehash all the sure. things we just said. But yep. it's. I also like it. I, it's funny. I like it about as much as Matt does, which is yep. cool. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. 
midway through the list. Okay. All right, my number four. This is a game I have a feeling is on both of our lists, but I got to it first. One Night Ultimate there Werewolf. There it is. All right. We've is talked my about number this four. so many times on this show. Yeah. Yeah. We love this game. We don't. It's funny. We don't really care for the expansions, no. although I haven't tried that many of them. I've, we I've like the base game. Two of them. I just like base game. I just like keeping it normal. Yep. Um, it's a fun. Uh, if you don't know anything about this game, it's basically uh, your classic werewolf or mafia uh, game where you like put your heads down and a bunch of things happen in secret, and then you all talk about it and just randomly accuse each other of things. Although it's not really very random the way we play it. Yeah. We turn it into a deductive reasoning. Uh, like everyone is it's very stressful it's very tense the way we play it and other people do not play it this way but we we all it's like the way we do it is we all wake up and everyone acts like they're a detective and some people are lying yeah and some people are not lying well the beauty of one night ultimate werewolf is it gives every single person a reason to lie which is that at any point you might not even know what your role is anymore because there are roles that yeah. swap roles around. And so you have to go fishing for clues via lies because you don't know if you're, you, you weren't a werewolf to start with, but you might be a werewolf now. And if you are a werewolf now, you can't lean too hard one way or else you're going to have to cover up your own tracks and that's going to screw you up. And that is the beauty of One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Uh, anytime I've talked to somebody that didn't like this game, there are two facts that are generally true. Not always. You can just not like this game. That's fine. I forgive you. But for a lot of people, here's what Hunter and I learned early on. It takes about 10 games before it clicks. And I have watched it click with many, many people. We have had people start playing it. We get through six sessions and they're like, I don't know. I don't think I love this game. And we're like, I know, I know. Please just stick with us. And literally every time they get to game 10 and they go, yeah, no, I get it. I get it now, right. and let's keep going. Right. And then we play all night. My bachelor party, we played this game for something like a cumulative 20 hours over like two days. Like we just it was didn't insane. stop playing it. We were obsessed. We could have done anything, and we just <laughs> didn't do anything besides we didn't do play. anything else. I think it's because the game, it's sort of its sort of like the human element of Twilight Imperium. Mm-hmm. It, it never, it never stops right you just keep finding new layers of the onion of new ways to lie to each other and because as long as your group is dynamic enough people are just going to keep trying weird stuff trying new things here's the other key to that so i said there were two things one is play it like 10 times in a row to some people that might sound like a lot but that's because the other part of it is you crank that time limit down low, oh, yeah. baby. Yeah. If you're playing One Night Ultimate Werewolf with a timer of 10 minutes, yeah, it's nope. not going to be fun. You're nope. going to figure it out nope. every single time. One Night Ultimate Werewolf, three minutes maximum on the timer. And the timer is yeah. what when everyone wakes up, you have three minutes to figure out who the werewolf is and vote. And at the end of three, three minutes, you're all going to point fingers at somebody and vote for them to be a werewolf. Three minutes max. And that's for like a decent sized group. That makes it to where everyone has to get their bag of tricks out as fast as possible. There is not time to overthink and deduce. It is a game of deduction, but with so many lies happening at the same time and it going so fast, you don't get to lean on any bit of information for long enough for it to matter. And every once in a while, you get a bunk game where, oh, someone screws up their strategy. Everyone knows it's the werewolf. How boring. Guess what? It It lasted three minutes. It doesn't matter. So when I say play it 10 times, all I'm saying is play it for 30 minutes, right? Play for 30 right. minutes and you'll this game will click with you. Right. 
Yeah, I really agree with the the you got to bring the timer thing all the way down to three minutes because your goal is to get everybody talking quickly. Yes. Uh, what happens if you play with a longer time limit? Uh, people just waste time. Yeah. Is essentially what happens, and they just kind of sit there and try and run out the clock. But actually, this game is the most fun when everybody can't wait to tell you what happened. Yeah. When everybody can't wait to tell you what their card is. Yes. And uh, obviously, the, some of those people are going to be lying. Some of those people are going to be telling the truth. Yeah. But I feel like the way we play this is like, it's like cowboy werewolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like very like, we're just kind of like, you kind of get out with it and you just kind of trust your gut. You yeah. go with your own logic and you see how it all comes out. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, shorthand we have with that, with playing this game. Like there's a lot of strategies that we kind of nailed down. Some yeah. like lies that come up again and again and again. Mm -hmm. uh, what's like one of the common ones? There's seer wolf, which is when a werewolf is alone they get to look at one of the cards in the middle is like something they get to do yeah um and then they uh pretend they to be will claim to be role. that yeah 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 and and you can kind of sniff it out sometimes sometimes you're like oh this feels like a seer wolf situation yeah um and that's that would be like a situation where everything seems peachy keen and nobody has any conflicts everyone is just like right. yep everyone's telling the truth and there seems to be no problems here that could be a seer wolf situation right, right. uh and you got to play the game 50 times before you start talking like that. But it's yeah. great when you get there. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it's it really is. I, I think Hunter and I's theme to all of the games that we do love is it's about the meta that develops by playing it over and over and over again. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't care that much about just the mechanics of the game and like, oh, that was really an intriguing mechanic that I engaged with. I want to learn how to play my other players. I want to I want to see how the game changes the other people at the table with me. And I, that's yeah. what I look for in, in a good game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, your turn, Matt. Yeah, that being said, <laughs> my number four is probably the most mechanical game I love. The game where there isn't, it's a cooperative game, uh, and it's Burgle Brothers. I love Tim Fowers. We've met him a couple times, and he is an absolute delight of a person to be around. Uh, mm -hmm. And Burgle Brothers 2 came out last year, and we like it, but I still actually like Burgle Brothers 1 even more. It's the most thematic cooperative game I've ever played. Uh, it's it's the right tone for me. There's other cooperative games that are plenty thematic, but it's like a serious tone or something else. And Burgle Brothers is just goofy. It's got that. Uh, it's you're all playing as robbers trying to uh, rob a bank or whatever, some some sort of building. I think Burgle Brothers one is always a bank. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you you all you each get a role where you have some special powers, but it's a cooperative game, so you're all talking to each other about like when to use powers. And I just think it is so perfectly balanced to letting crazy things happen. You always feel like you're on the timer, but also you can beat it decently often. It's not like an extremely punishing cooperative game, and I like that. I don't want to lose all the time. I want to win in interesting, different ways, and I think Burgle Brothers offers that up every single time. Yeah, I. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I generally like it a lot. Um, it reminds me a lot of this video game that I liked a lot called uh, Monaco. Did you uh, which was, have you heard the news, sir? Did you, uh -uh. Do you know they announced What's Monaco the Two? Monaco Two is coming out. Whoa! Like soon. There's there is a Monaco Two, and it looks real good. Anyway, so it love, doesn't look like much yet, but anyways, Monaco, yeah, cool game. Love a good heist, and Burgle Bros is a heist game effectively. Yep. Um, and I like you know uh, variable powers for each player. Um, I like the teamwork element. I feel like this is a good teamwork game where quarterbacking, it's just a little bit too complicated for the quarterbacking mm -hmm. to be too bad. You know what I mean? There's like 
like if someone's quarterbacking they might easily forget like an ability you have or one of your items or something yeah. it's like everybody has a little bit too much ability to do things yeah. in order for it to be quarterbacked um but yeah it's it's a fun game i love how it sort of uh reveals itself to you slowly mm -hmm. and eventually you kind of get like a lot of it is discovery uh figuring out what the map actually looks like yeah and then the whole uh second phase of the game i love a game in phases right you know what i mean right. this is a game with a, a, an early middle and late game yeah. phase uh, yeah there's a and, phase where yeah. you gotta find all the stuff then you gotta mm -hmm. break the safes get the you know get the bag right. as it were right and then you have to get out Right, and those three yeah. phases feel very distinct in in what you're trying to do to accomplish them. Right, right. Yeah, it's just it's super fun to play. Um, I would, if I were you, and this sounds like your your cup of tea, I would check out either either yeah. game. Is, is Burger fantastic. Brothers Two is good. Uh, I think we both found it a little bit more written. Uh, he leaned into those phases even more. There's yeah. even more yes. explicitly more those formal. three phases, and it's yeah. more formal. I, the big thing for me is I didn't find the rooms that you uncover, the tiles that you flip over, I didn't find them as dynamic as Burgle Brothers 1. And it's not even that they're not dynamic. It's almost like directly because of the comparison. I just like Burgle Brothers 1 a little bit more. That could easily just be because it's the first one I played. If you played Burgle Brothers 2 first for a while and then went to Burgle's Brother, Burgle Brothers 1, you might just like 2 more because whatever. So that's that's kind of my vibe on it. But yeah, I still just really, really like number 1 and 2. I want to play all of because uh, 2 has a bit more of like a campaign-y thing to it. Like there are specific scenarios you can play. And I want to do all of those. But once I'm done with those, I think I'll probably just go back to burgle brothers one all the time yeah yeah well yeah they're they're great shout out to tim fowers yeah. you're you're a cool guy and uh love your hats yep love your hats uh i think it's my turn number yeah. three number three is we're now getting to the territory where it's like stuff that we definitely talk i mean the people know the uh, my number three is camel up hey camel up is like whoa just some of the best stuff buddy hey yeah and you know how i talk about real monopoly gets really funny when you like are like adding gambling and stuff to it you could do that or you can just play camel up and it's like the same vibe of everybody screaming over each other. Uh, and and I don't know. I think Camel Up is just a, such a wacky good time, especially with our loud group, I guess. I have heard that this game falls flat. Actually, I've played, I've played with groups where this game falls completely flat because they're not as willing to, like, scream and yell. And I think you have to act like you are on the stock market floor screaming yeah. to get your bid in. Yeah. That, that is the you vibe do. of Camel Up. Do. Otherwise, it does do. lose its luster a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's a game for yellers. It's a game for people that are down to put to put it all on the line mm -hmm. to create dramatic moments, even if it's unnecessary. Yeah. Camel Up is best played suboptimally and just like like you have no just yeah. pretend. Honestly, just pretend you're a rich person, right? And you're betting on camels, <laughs> yeah. And you don't care what yeah. happens, yeah. And when you, you just strike big, yeah. The, yeah. The yeah. I I have said this before, but the hands down best moment I have ever experienced in gaming is the time we played Camel Up, and I don't remember what the odds were, but there was the like. There was a camel in last place and the odds of the sequence that needed to happen to make that camel win was like 0.5% yeah. and we watched it happen. I mean, if you've, yeah. if you've watched our tournament stuff and you've seen the like roll hot planet earth win, it was that kind of energy for like a solid 10 minutes as we watched this thing unfold that it was just going to keep going and we were losing our minds. I lost my voice. I was screaming so much. Yeah. When you're watching a 0.5% happen and it's like a process, because in Camel Up, 
it was a series of camels it's decisions to move. too it's it's yeah. like i'm gonna not push it any further and the next person's like well i'm gonna see if we can make that 0.5 keep ha-. and it's like it keeps right. happening and keeps happening every time it's beautiful it's funny because because it was a process i it's like it starts feeling even though it's 0.5 percent it starts feeling inevitable yeah it's, you know it's I mean? destiny now <laughs> once you get to like step three of the six step process of making a 0.5 percent thing happen you halfway through it you're like this is getting kind of creepy like, <laughs> it seems like this is actually happening and that is insane what and then if it did god happen. was one yeah. of us yeah uh yeah what a wild game what a wonderful game love it to pieces love yep. camel up yeah uh your turn number three my number three and this is not really so much of a surprise i would say um this is a game that i may have talked about on a podcast you may you might be familiar with this game uh-huh. uh kind of a big game for me i am of course talking about twilight oh. struggle i'm talking about twilight struggle that's a oh, great oh game. my god the bait and switch <laughs> great game love twilight struggle uh has the historical aspect you play it's a two-player strategy game set during the cold war um and i have never found someone to play this game with regularly so i always have to play with a new person so i'll say this <laughs> I got a 100% win rate on this. <laughs> I have never played anyone who has a good grasp on the game, so please come play this with me. I have this game. I love this game. Yeah. Uh, if you never checked it out, it is uh, a very kind of a... I don't know. It's like... It, it's it's not a dudes on a map uh, type game where there's little little my little army pieces. It's more of a, like, a more defamiliarized, like, I am... Uh, spending some influence over here to try and make this thing happen it's the cold uh, war so it's, it's, it's cold that war, kind yeah. of war game it's espionage right. and a subterfuge war game yeah yeah and there's just like there's fun cards you flip over and then crazy stuff happens um you can either play as the u.s or the ussr um and i don't know it's interesting it sat at the top of the board game top 100 for it's a long, long time yeah. and i don't i don't think it's there anymore right but it uh, there was a reason that it was there. It's a very right. solid strategy game. Yeah, it stinks that you it stinks that you were here in Arkansas during primarily the worst of COVID because this is one of EJ's favorite games and he's played. It I a know, lot, and the two of you could have really dug your teeth into it for a while, but it, I really would like to play with the EJ. Yeah, yeah, um, I would like to play with EJ a lot, and I, I, I'm open to playing it with. Especially, I would love to play it with somebody who can just whoop my butt in yeah, it, right. because I know I'm not very good at it. <laughs> I just like have all this confidence because I've never lost. Right. So please beat me at Twilight Struggle. I'm sure you can, listener. Right? If you know, I mean, you know who you are. If you I can do it. I've only played this once with EJ, and so I never got very in depth in it. But the thing that I do like about it, and and it's not even something I should like about it, because I'm not like a history buff or anything. But the, the funniest part of Twilight Struggle is. All of the cards and stuff are like actual events that happen, but it's it's sort of a rewriting history of like, well, what if these events played out in a different order? What if this happened before that? How would that shape the Cold War differently if it had been this instead of that at that time? Yeah. But it's not coming up with completely new things to have happened, like what you would do in Axis and Allies, right? It's like, no, instead, France is going to take Berlin. We're going to do it that right. way. You, you, don't, you can't do any of that. You're, you are stuck with the things that happened in the Cold War, but you get to remix the order. I also really like, this is kind of an underrated aspect of the game. I like games that have a very specific game state to start with, almost like a chess board. Like yeah. the pieces are always set up like this um, so that there can always be 
all right, well, there's this opening and mm-hmm. this opening. And mm-hmm. you can kind of like, as you read about Twilight Struggle, you can kind of see like, okay, well, there's not, it might feel like there's a million things to do at the very beginning, but there's actually not. There's only a couple things. And yeah. here's like the stuff that people go with. And that helps, you know, I, I think it just helps learn the game because you can really easily learn like what a good first move is. Yeah. Maybe after that, it sort of goes away, but it's really easy to look up like, all right, how do I start Twilight Struggle? It's like, well, you do this. And I'm like, yeah. all right. And then you do that and you start thinking, why was that a good to do? Right. And then you start figuring out why it was good to do. And then maybe you have a good second move and a good third move. And it just, I don't know, keeps going from there. It's a really cool game. You should check it out if you've never played it. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is your number two. Yeah. Here's my number two. This one, I mean, we're at the top. So like we're, we're talking about big games here. This next one, uh, I've definitely, I'm, this is one (laughs) may have heard a podcast with me talking about this one it's a kind of a science fiction game okay Mm -hmm. it's uh you might be familiar with it this science fiction game Uh, i've talked about it on a podcast maybe a podcast you've heard uh it has factions that all have their own we all already know the bit hunter we already know the bit no Um, no you don't know the bit so yeah so the factions all have different abilities and uh there's you know there's it's it's a it's a game of galactic conquest okay okay ellum Gloriosa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah. I'm, of course, talking about my number two game, which is Cosmic Encounter. Cosmic Encounter. Cosmic Encounter, <laughs> Cosmic Encounter great game. Love yeah. it. It's, uh, you know, Twilight Imperium for people who skateboard. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a cool, neat game of fun tricks and so much variety yeah. is what I love about it. Infinite. Every game of Cosmic Encounter feels different. I wish I got to play it more. I yeah. feel like there is an alternate universe where we started a show about Cosmic Encounter, and yep. I dream of it sometimes. Although I feel like it wouldn't have failed to be an esport. Oh, it wouldn't be we... an esport, but it would be a funnier show. That's for sure. It would be. Oh, <laughs> what a goofy game Cosmic <laughs> Encounter is. I had. Let me tell you a quick story. I don't know if I've ever told this story before. I had a friend uh, who, like, we would play board games with him, and he wasn't really very good at board games a lot of the time. He tended just like he's one of those people who like. He liked the game, but then you would get like an hour into it and he would be like just not uninterested, yeah. basically, and just not really care. And uh, one time I was playing Cosmic Encounter with him and it just seemed like he was he was playing awful. And we all were like, wow, this guy is he's really not into this game at all. Um, and we were just destroying him, taking all of his planets away and like his ships even. Uh-huh. And then we... We and, we and nobody is batting an eye. They're just like, wow, you are heaven. This is like kind of normal you, but this is like <laughs> you specifically. And uh, we beat him. And then he reveals that he was playing as a faction called the Masochist, who wins by losing. <laughs> so if you completely kill the Masochist, then the Masochist wins. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the perfect person to get to have that card. <laughs> and he was even a little insulted by how much we did not think for a second. <laughs> That he was playing as the masochist. We accidentally <laughs> insulted my friend hardcore because of this card. Like, you all said, yeah, you're stupid enough to lose. And he's like, I'm, yeah, you're stupid enough to be losing this much. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well. And then we all, then he immediately made us all feel very, very dumb. Yeah. Like we were just <laughs> big, big dumbies. And uh, for that, for that moment alone, I got to say Cosmic Encounter is one of my favorite games. Yeah. And in fact, is my number two game of all time. Yeah. I, uh, I have only ever played with the base game and there's six seven there's a bunch of expansions for it 
Um, honestly, at this point, wouldn't mind like a full kind of reprint, new edition ish. Yeah, me too. But a lot I, of I'll take it. I'll take what I can get as long as if I can get my hand on all the expansions. Like that's when I would start a Cosmic Encounter podcast and just it's just the it, all I all I've ever wanted from Content Encounter is just you play a game and you talk about how wild it was. It's yeah. a thirty minute yeah. thirty minute board game show about just the crazy situations that you can get into. So that everybody, I just want to document how many different instances of weird games you can get into with cosmic encounter that's all i want right yeah it's like it's a fun little math trick because it's just like here's all right here's all this it, what i love is the length of time of the game can vary so much yes. based on what oh my god like, i've played cosmic encounter for like three hours and i yeah. played it for 30 minutes yeah. depending on what factions are at the yes. table yeah when when we've sat down with it at board game nights it, it's like let's play cosmic encounter and someone asks well, how long is it? And it's like, I literally can't tell you. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how long yeah. of a game it becomes. We'll find out how long this one's going to be, uh, depending on who shows up. And then, like, you see, like, a faction that you know is going to make the game go a lot longer. And you're like, uh-oh, it's yeah. going to be. Strapping. That, that adds an hour right there. Yep. Um, well, my list has gotten uh, significantly less interesting because my number two is one night ultimate werewolf we talk hunter's a, a step ahead of me with all of his games uh at this point so i'm i'm dying to hear what hunter's number uh one is because my number two is one night ultimate werewolf which we already talked about and my number yep. one is cosmic encounter which we've all, we just talked about so we are you know like i said hunter and i have roughly similar top fives here it's really mostly just about these two games but that checks off everything on my list so the only mystery left is what is hunter's favorite board game of uh. all time this is big. This is big. So, it's a game. You may have heard me talk about it on podcast. <laughs> a podcast that, I don't know, maybe you're listening to it right now. It's kind of a space game. Bit of an opera game. Has an opera. It's got factions with different abilities. Uh, science fiction. Little show called Space Cast Peace Turtles. There's a guy talked about it. Talked about it on the show. I'm, of course, talking. There's a prophecy in it. <laughs> Do you know what this game is? Guess what this game is. I can't. I, can't. I don't know. It's Twilight Imperium. Oh, okay. Wow, one. dang. You, I, uh, you, actually, you really actually did have me going there. That's really funny. Yeah, uh, and I had another one uh, yeah. in, in my pocket. I don't. I picked Twilight Imperium as my number one game because I wanted to just be honest. And <laughs> at the end of the day, what game... What game could give me more than Twilight Imperium has? Yeah. Twilight Imperium made me rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it didn't, but it... It, <laughs> it got you out of that old pizza joint. That's all it did. Twilight Imperium <laughs> paid me, me more than me, minimum wage. <laughs> let me try and tell you how much Twilight Imperium means to me. My life was in the toilet about six months ago. Uh-huh. And if it weren't for Twilight Imperium, I don't know where I'd be. You know what I mean? Like, without this board game existing, uh -huh. I don't know what I would have done yeah. in my life. This board game, my favorite thing about Twilight Imperium, uh, besides the Sardak Noor, is that it helped me move to New York City. <laughs> So I love two things I love about it. Sardak Nor, yeah, love them. Yeah, I love my bug boys, mm -hmm. and then also did not have me out on the street. Basically, <laughs> it helped me survive yeah. in my physical life. Yeah. 
That's so I big. would say, and Matt, I want to challenge you real quick. You put Twilight Imperium as your number 10. <laughs> I don't get that, man. <laughs> this game changed our lives. And yeah. you're like, yeah, it's number 10. No, it's not very it's number fair. 10. It was a bit. I'm sorry, everybody. It's it's Twilight Imperium is my number one. And if Twilight Imperium is my number one, I think that actually would make our two, our three, two, and one the exact same. Is that right? One night. No. Co- no, your Cosmic was like four or something. Or, I mean, your one night well, was no. like four or something. So, yeah, One Night is number four for me, and then my number three is Twilight that's Struggle. Right, but it's right. close. It's close. We kind I of... am uh, offended that uh, Camel Up was not in your top ten. That, hurt, that yeah. hurts me a little bit. Uh, you put City I... of Heroes in there and not Camel Up. City of Horror. City of Horror. City of Heroes. City of Heroes is that video game, huh? That's, that's a better Yeah, game. that old MMO. That's, that's funny. Better. That's a better video game. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, I like City of Horror, and if I felt like it needed a shout-out because... Sure. That was a game that I thought people Watch were talking about. Watch that game like not even be in print anymore. There's no way for anyone to get it. Oh, yeah. You might not be able to buy that anymore. I have a beat up old copy that yeah. has seen better days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Number one's got to be Twilight Imperium. Uh, changed my life. Uh, it made me it, it it made me who I am today. It allows me to do all the things that I yeah. do. It's a good freaking um, game, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it actually is a really good game if you think about it. Um, that is definitely my opinion. Even if I might sometimes say that I don't like it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it is time for me to maybe... Maybe I should take some time on this episode to say, if you've ever heard me say that I hate this game, it's not true. Yeah. Because this game changed my life. Right. You know? Yeah. But it's also a level of investment in a game that, frankly, I need to make fun of yeah. frequently in yeah. order to not drive myself insane. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> This is like, you're listening to this show. Oh, man. All right. I got to point this out. I've never pointed this out before ever. Okay. I've always done it the other way. You are listening to this show. And sometimes I've tried to make fun of you for that. Yeah. Because you are <laughs> listening to this show and it's dumb, right? <laughs> but really, if you actually break it down, we're the two dumbest people yeah. in the entire world. You make world. this show, Hunter. We are making the make show. It. And a lot of times I've tried to make it seem like I can still somehow be cooler than you, the listener. Yeah. And I just got to tell you, I'm going to have a moment of honesty with you and you're not getting this again. So you better (laughs) savor it now. You're kind of cooler than me yeah. because I'm the one making yeah. this show. Everyone remember making... this next time Hunter says the lore is dumb. He's dedicated his <laughs> life to this lore so he can say whatever he wants, but actions speak louder than words, my uh, friend. I live here. You are a guest. Okay? You understand? I spend every week here. I, I, I've said this before, but I, I think the amount of time I've spent thinking about this game should be illegal. You know what I mean? Like it should if we lived in a just society, it would not be cool. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Somebody would have been sent to my house and be like, "What are you doing in here?" Right. <laughs> right. In, in the in the 20s, if you were this into a board game, you'd be you'd be thrown <laughs> thrown out and be it'd be I'd done. Be in, it'd be in like an insane asylum. Yeah. Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did it. 10, 10 games mine the ultimate the ultimate the ranking ultimate. twilight imperium subjective guess who letters from whitechapel real monopoly root inside your best friend aka fishbowl burgle brothers camel up one night ultimate werewolf and cosmic encounter and then mine is number 10 city of horror diplomacy fury of dracula carcassonne monster of the week root one night ultimate werewolf twilight struggle 
Cosmic Encounter, and Twilight Imperium 4th Edition slash Prophecy of Kangs. Yeah. Wow. We did it. Uh, we did that was uh, significantly more fun than it has any right to be for the kind of uh, lazy content that it is. Uh, Guess what? It's fun. It's fun. To do the obvious stuff sometimes. Yep. 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 And we did it once. We never have to do it again, everyone. That's yep. that's the solemn vow is I don't ever have to do another top 10 list that doesn't pertain to things exclusively in Twilight Imperium. I resign my right to as many BuzzFeed listicles within Twilight Imperium as I can fit. I'll do that till I die. Right. But outside right. of it. This is the only one. Hey, I want to thank our weird bears. Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish Emu, Brassbird, Brian, Kaluan, Dark Jutsu, Goondog, Ignoring My PhD, Carnal, Alice, Bagels, M. Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Rodul, Rwise, and Fancy Zealing. And I want to thank Mama's Lovely Larva, Patience is a Virtue, My Son is Also Named Bort, Anvalier, Sturmy Sturm, Boo Poo, Nerf Zerg, Tautology is What It Is, Frank G, Gazkio, Rekka, Jadim Jedi, Elite Barbecue, Rolo, Uncle Batty, Teddy's Jam for You. I also need to shout out uh, two more. There's a weird bear that uh, I can't, I'm not saying your name. I didn't say your name on purpose. It was a weird name. And if you're hearing this, if you want me to say your name, you got to change it because it's a, it's a super <laughs> weird name. Wait, what? <laughs> They're not what on the is... Discord yet. And it's it, it's just, all right, it's, I'll say it. I'll say it. Uh, also, new new Weird Bear, Pendulous Nipple. Hey, welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Welcome, pen, Pendulous Nipple. What does that mean? What does Pendulous like mean? Like a nipple on a pendulum. That's the, that's oh, their username. Pendulous. Pendulous okay. Nipple. Interesting. Yeah. What yep. a great shout out that you specifically <laughs> got. That's probably what you wanted, I was nervous and huh? I just went for it. All right. Well, that's our show. Uh, this was a Galactic Council episode, so you'll get a poll next week. Uh, what? Homebrewers Guild. Hey, I'm trying to make that tournament game happen tournament mode homebrewers uh guild game come up pretty soon um i don't have a date for it i'm sorry um I, i'm thinking like the weekend of the ninth which would be like next weekend not this weekend but i'm sorry i don't the tournament has made it incredibly difficult to do a non-tournament stream and so i gotta find out how to squeeze that in i gotta just force it so uh we're gonna force that issue uh let me know if you can do a during the week stream that might make Ooh. it more doable but yeah, that, well, that would be better, for, especially for all the tournament games we got going on, yep, yep, uh, yep. which I'm sure we have some coming up this weekend, correct? Yep, lots. Uh, there's a few. Man, you're. I'm getting all kinds of curve. I don't know. I don't know who's playing this weekend, man. It's. I don't even know what weekend this episode is for anymore. There's three games this weekend. Um, there's a chance we start ramping up how fast the prelims happen. That's a weird little teaser of we might do more than three per weekend because uh, we've just got some slots that are not getting um, done, like some, some like, we need more Euro mor morning times on, on like, right. Sundays and stuff. So we might start trying to squeeze those in. You might start seeing more than three streams per weekend. We'll see. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, make sure to send uh, this Imperium Live Stories to spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com. Yep. And we have a play of the week that we owe Alice from last <gasps> week. Oh, we yeah. Not do, and I want to read it. Great. I want to read it. I forgot we didn't do this one. Yeah, which is why I get to read it. Hooray. Okay, so this is from uh, Alice known known twilight imperium player uh very very good one of my favorite players all right here's the story <clears throat> the following isn't your standard military conquest play but a machiavellian negotiation i was playing in a four-player game as soul with cabal and asarl neighbors cabal and i had an uneasy cold war truce and importantly cabal held my ceasefire this strategic imbalance was starting to hurt my potential winning chances as there were many control objectives. So I set out to acquire Cabal's ceasefire to even the playing field. 
I approached the Cabal player offering to buy the ceasefire for four trade goods. Obviously, he refused. I love that. Obviously, <laughs> he refused. I love that. And I put the next part of my plan into action. Isarl's home system was completely empty. No infantry on either planet and no ships. I, whisp I whisper Cabal, saying, If you give me your ceasefire, I will take Isarl's home system, but I need you to pop warfare first. Right as he pops warfare, I follow, move my ships onto the board as fast as possible, and acquire the ceasefire. Then I say, all right, let's effing do this, <laughs> and hover a command token over Asarl's home system. Importantly, I executed all these steps quickly so that Asarl could have time to realize I'm coming and build enough plastic off of warfare to thwart my chances. This whole time, I'm Hollywooding how upset I am with revealing my hand. So Alice is like pretending this is a misplay, essentially. I have no interest in taking Asarl's home just to start a forever war with the fully online Asarl. Cabal is still desperately hoping I start the aforementioned forever war, so I approach him asking if I take the Rigels, would that still be considered payment for the ceasefire, as I can't take the home system anymore? Cabal assents that this would be payment, and I pounce on the lightly defended, defended Rigels. Isarl is beside himself, promising furious retribution for my crimes. I manage to take the Rigels and then offer Isarl four trade goods for control of the planet for one round, effectively de-escalating the conflict. I manage to pay four trade goods <laughs> for that ceasefire. <laughs> so Alice named a price for trade goods, got a no, yeah. and then concocted the most specific scheme of lying in order to turn that no into a yes. Yeah. And this is why Alice scares me. Yeah. Alice is terrifying. Basically. Uh, if you want to see more amazing Alice uh, gameplay, go watch game five of this prelims. I won't spoil the ending for you, but I will tell you Magi is also in it. And Magi and Alice are both uh, or are neither strangers to uh, win making and the nonsense that can happen when players expose themselves to win making debates and that game goes some places so if you yeah. if patience if you want to update your win making uh <laughs> pitch and your your document the game worth looking at is game number five of this year's prelims because it has some stuff in it it is it is such a good example yeah, I heard in general all the games last weekend were really quite Nuts wild in different yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah, very, very it sounded like a set. big weekend. Man, it's been. I mean, the, the tournament gets better every single year. The, the every player is better. I mean, when, if we compare like the quality of players in 2019 to today, it's wild. And a lot of them are the same people. It's we're all getting better, is what I'm saying. I'm right. not saying like there's right. a new. All the old people were bad, and the new ones are good. It's like the community has gotten so much better at this game that it makes this tournament like 10 times better than it used to be. It's really nuts. Right. It's almost like we're all in a boat and it's floating. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you floated mine and Hunter's boats the most. <laughs> yeah. And we've been, and we were floated first. And for that, I thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>